All right. Are we looking at new year, same you or new year, new you? Oh man. For you. New year, new me. What's new about you? Well, as of yesterday, Samir, I had a beard. I don't know if you knew that. But as of today, you don't. Okay. So today's a new version of me and yesterday was another different new version of me. It doesn't have to be the same version of me. When someone <laughs> says new year, new me, it's not like, you know, you can have a new you every day. All right. Well, welcome to this new year of the Colin and Samir show in this episode of Creator Support. Hope you guys had a fantastic holiday season. We're really excited to kick off the show this year. Colin, what are we talking about on episode one? Today on the show, we're going to be talking about news about this show. Then we're going to be answering the question, what happens to a creator's brand once they're canceled? This question specifically has to do with the situation with Logan Paul, CoffeeZilla, and his CryptoZoo project. Finally, we're going to be answering some questions from all of you, one of which has to do with predictions for the year. And at one point in the episode, Samir is going to share a pretty juicy holiday gripe. Ooh, a holiday gripe. A holiday gripe. I know we're past the holidays, but you got to go through the holidays to get a gripe. All right. Before we start the show, I just want to say that I am traveling today to Las Vegas for CES, which is the Consumer Electronic Show. And I will be speaking on a panel on Friday morning, that's January 6th at 11 a.m. at the Aria Hotel in Joshua 8. That's a lot of information. I'll put that on my LinkedIn so that if you want to come out and check it out, you can come out and check it out. If you're in Vegas, great. If you're not in Vegas, well then, I don't know if there'll be any way for you to hear what I said there. I mean, I would go, but I'm going to be in Joshua 7. So <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that. All right, let's get into it. All right, the first thing that we need to cover is that this show looks and sounds different this year. You may have noticed that when the show started, it did not say LinkedIn Presents. And on our cover art, there is no LinkedIn logo. So we've decided to take the show independent and we've decided to move away from the LinkedIn Podcast Network. Now, I want to be clear, this is absolutely no bad blood between us and, and LinkedIn. It's actually just good blood. Actually, no, there's no I blood. Think we okay, there's no blood. I don't blood. understand why we even need to go with the blood. Okay, narrative. okay, no more, no, no more blood thing. Um, so yeah, we have a very positive relationship with LinkedIn uh, as a whole. As I'm sure you guys have heard, we talk about LinkedIn on this, this podcast all the time. LinkedIn has a podcast network that we joined. Now, being a part of their podcast network meant that LinkedIn was out selling ads to different partners that were relevant to, you know, business podcasts. And we would read those ads, you know, for the network on our show. And what we were feeling and what you guys were feeling as well, you guys were expressing this, were that some of the ads weren't super relevant to our audience, to you guys as creators. And one thing that we really want to make sure is that when we're bringing a partner onto the show, when we're speaking about a product on the show, it's super relevant to all of you. Yeah, and it was an interesting scenario because clearly there's a really good partnership between LinkedIn and our brand, the Colin and Samir brand. Like we're very aligned. Samir tells me about his LinkedIn posts every day. Sometimes in conversation, I'll say something and he'll go, oh, that'd be a great LinkedIn post. Yeah, and I have 11,000 followers on LinkedIn. Just so <laughs> okay, FYI. take it easy. Yeah. But when it came down to being a part of a podcast network, like Samir said, they're selling ads across a number of different podcasts. And because our show is so niche, Sometimes there were ads on the show that weren't specifically about creators in the world of creators. And for us, that's what we want. We want all the ads that, that all of you hear to be relevant and to have to do with the creator world. But, you know, extremely thankful to LinkedIn. Honestly, we grew a lot 
you know, while Mm -hmm. they were supporting the show and while we were a part of their network. Yeah, they believed in us um, when the show was a lot smaller than it is now, which is really cool. And we even had a great like postmortem call, essentially like a breakup call um, with the whole team. And it was so nice and so great. And we were able to give them feedback and they gave us feedback. And, you know, I think it definitely is probably you know, a goodbye for now or a goodbye in the, in this section of what we're doing with LinkedIn. But, you know, you guys will continue to hear us talking about LinkedIn. We'll continue to work with LinkedIn. And I think it's probably a good opportunity right now to talk about our options now that we're single. Okay. Now that we're an independent podcast, because this, this, the, the reality is like now this podcast doesn't make any money. And like being a part of a network is really beneficial because the network is outselling and you're able to, to, to generate revenue from that. So that, that was not what it came down to for us. It was honestly just the relevance of the, the advertising and making sure it's a really good experience for all of you. So now what are our options when it comes to how do we monetize this show? The first one is to join another podcast network, but that's not really that interesting for us because again, we want to have more of that intimate relationship between the partners that we bring on the show and what gets to you guys. Another option would be to go out there and try our, and sell our own advertising. Right. And to potentially find one sponsor who becomes the presenting sponsor of the show. They buy out what's called 100% share of voice. Mm-hmm. Most likely you would see their logo on the cover art. And every time that we integrate with that brand, uh, it'll be the same brand every time. Right, right. It's, it's actually similar to what um, the best one yet. I don't know if anyone listens to that, T-Boy. Um, they have that with Robinhood. Robinhood yeah. is the presenting sponsor of that show. The only ads they read on that show are for Robin Hood. They read one ad every uh, episode and they talk about that. And I, I think that's actually would be a really comfortable relationship for us and something I think would make a lot of sense if we find a partner who believes in the show, but also a partner that's really relevant to the spirit of, you know, creativity, the spirit of entrepreneurship, the spirit of making money on the internet, like that, all of that, I think that's something that would be really relevant and where we can tell you guys stories about that partner that would add value to your world. Yeah, the partner gets to become a character in yes. our content. And, and because we're only working with one partner, then we get to focus on just making this show. Whereas, you know, every time you onboard a new advertising partner, you have to really like build the relationship, not only with all of you who are listening, uh, but, but behind the scenes as a creator, you're also building it with the brand, understanding how they want to be talked about, how mm-hmm. you can message it. And so, you know, in a world where we were selling all of our ads for this show independently. And let's say we had 15 sponsors across like, let's say one year or a season of Mm -hmm. of episodes. That's actually a a lot more work that takes you away from just the creative aspect of making the best show that you can. Um, So that's why a presenting sponsorship I think is, is a good route to go down. Now, another place uh, that a lot of podcasters go to is, is community support, whether that be on like Patreon uh, YouTube memberships mm-hmm. or like mainly me- Patreon. Yeah. Mainly if we're Patreon. being honest, people, uh, podcasts go to Patreon. Um, that's how, like, if you look at the top Patreon accounts, that's, that's where people go. And fourth wall though. Fourth TMG wall. is True. on fourth wall. Fourth wall. Yeah. With TMG studios. That's right. Number two and three that we mentioned a presenting sponsor and memberships. Those aren't mutually exclusive. A lot of people do those together mm-hmm. and you know, memberships being for, for extended content or bonus content. Um, and that's definitely something that is piquing my interest a lot. We've talked about it a ton, but the reason why is because the, even the decision we made was, was largely based on feedback we got from you guys. And I think for me, it feels like this show, especially this show where we answer your questions, the, the feeling of creator support, that feels like it is very much made with the community. And 
you know, I, it, for me, that would be my, my preference that we do a mix of presenting sponsorship and uh, membership where members get to have a say in how the show develops, what types of education we give, what types of questions we answer, what type of people you want to hear. Like, do you want to have a lawyer on the show so we can answer some legal questions? Do we want to have another manager on the show? I think having a voice in the show as a community member would be really cool. But obviously you guys have to tell us if that's interesting to you. And if you feel like you would support the show uh, if we open the doors to, to community. Yeah. Part of me is a little bit scared by community support. Like I like <laughs> sure. the idea of having so many people involved, but at the same time, having a lot of people invested like that who are paying, Yeah, you now have a lot of people that you're you know, held accountable to. You know, I, I had an idea. Uh, like, not that we're not always held accountable to all of you who are listening to make the best show possible, but when people are paying, yeah. like if something feel. goes wrong or it doesn't hit their expectations, they do have so much more of, mm-hmm. a, of a stake in it. It's easier for them to be, I think, angry, upset sure. at you. And, and that could be a lot of people. Let me pitch you an idea. Okay. I thought about this this morning. All right. When it comes to membership. So let's say we create a few pieces of content or something that uh, it goes, goes into the Patreon before we even launch it. Okay. So there's something there already. Then we announce it and we launch it and people sign up and we gauge based on how many people sign up if it makes sense for us to make it a regular monthly thing, or if we shut it down after 30 days, the people who paid got access to this exclusive piece of content and it's over. We did our test. Maybe we did, it didn't work. We didn't feel like that made sense and we move on. Or we're like, hey, a lot of people signed up. A lot of people are really into this. This actually really works for us. And they like the, the, our community is down to engage and support the show. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting idea. I would be concerned that whatever we put behind the paywall first would exceed the expectations. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Of maybe what's to come. Like I wouldn't want yeah, that's I a, wouldn't that's want people who pay to always go, oh yeah, well the first thing that they put yeah, behind yeah, the that's paywall, fair. that was the best. That's that's true. It but could, nothing's been like that since. That's a good point. It could be like one month. Like, listen, yeah. we're gonna go one month. Everyone who pays is gonna get a month of extended content. Yeah. And if it's not working, we'll move on or two months. Mm-hmm. Please tell me if I'm being crazy, everyone. In, no, I in, understand in the subreddit. That. Because again, one of our issues with uh, membership, things like Patreon, is that it feels like it's just this decision that's made in perpetuity. Yeah, but just it's really all, not. But it feels like that. Like for all of time, there's no end date. No, but even Jack Conti, when we had him on the show and talked about Patreon, he was like, you can pause. You can pause the billing of everyone. So you can you can just be like, hey, we're, we, we're not making bonus content anymore. So we're just going to stop, you know, billing you guys. Yeah, but we would have to sort of give ourselves that, that option clearly in mm-hmm. a way that we internalize and like actually understand yeah, that, and, and make sure that that expectation was set with the audience too, or else, because you know what it's like when you're creating like that yeah. and there's no end date, no matter if you could pause or not. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You don't feel That's like fair. you have that right. That's fair. I, I want this relationship with the audience, but I agree that it comes with a lot of other things. I would also just offer that a lot of, it's not like a very small amount of creators do this. A lot of creators do this. No, and I would like to do it because we've been in this industry for so long. We've spoken with a lot of creators that are community supported. I think we're the right type of show for that. Yeah. And I also want to learn, how do you make a strong community of paying members? Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. We won't know until we until we try. I think we have to build team and process around it to make sure that we're ready to support it. You know, that's, that's the most important. Like, are you ready to deliver on the promise that you're making to this community? And I think that's what we have to get really clear on. Agreed. So 
please let us know. Let us know if you're into it. We're obviously talking about you who are listening <laughs> as a hypothetical. Uh, so it'd be awesome to hear, you know, your feedback. And maybe we do like a live stream workshop with some people and, and hear their thoughts. Yeah. So thank you again so yep. much to LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, for being a part of the show, for being a part of our journey. They will continue to be. And all of you out there are going to see what happens. Yeah. You're going to follow along here. How to make it on Spotify. Yep. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's All take right. our first question. This one is from the subreddit from Mitch Clark. He writes, what happens to a creator's brand once they're canceled? After CoffeeZilla exposed the crypto zoo scam by Logan Paul, I'd imagine sales of Prime have gone down a bit. This is nothing new with other creator products like Jeffree Star Cosmetics being hit after their creator's reputation takes a hit. I know having a product can really help creators, but if that creator is canceled, the entire business can go belly up. Mm. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And is there a way a creator can be involved in a company without that company being reliant on the creator's public image? Wow. Great question. Great, great question. So first, let's dive into CoffeeZilla Logan Paul. If you don't know what he's talking about, let's talk about what has unfolded over the past couple of days. All right, let's define some people and define what happened here. Let's yeah. start with CoffeeZilla. If you're unfamiliar with CoffeeZilla, he is an investigative journalist uh, who has a YouTube channel and he really dives into other creators and some of the potential scams and mm -hmm. wrongdoings that are happening with creators he, on the platform. He also just, he's kind of like the internet's detective, right? And mm -hmm. investigator. He, he went long on the FTX stuff. I watched all of his FTX Sam Bankman Freed content to understand FTX better. He does really good research. And honestly, he is a very compelling storyteller. A very compelling storyteller. He's actually been on YouTube for a really long time. You and I liked his stuff um, when he first started out, Coffee Break. Yeah, I we remember actually, he used to comment on our videos early. Yeah, and we, we were like inspired by, by his video essays on his channel called Coffee Break. Um, and it's amazing to me how he's emerged as this really substantial creator. So his name is Steven, and he made a three-part series about one of Logan Paul's crypto projects called Crypto Zoo. Now, this launched uh, during the heat of like crypto NFT excitement during mm -hmm. the pandemic. It was a time when Samir and I minted an NFT. We were having crypto native people even on our channel and on this show. Uh, it was a time when a lot of creators were integrating uh, with people in the crypto community, selling tokens, uh, creating NFTs. And it kind of was a way, uh, it felt like a new monetization tool but also a new way to engage with your community where, you know, they have a stake in what you're doing. And for a lot of people, it was like speculative, right? Where like creators could launch something and maybe there was this hope that everyone could make money together. Yes. And that, that was the dream at that time. Mm -hmm. It was like, there's so much room, there's an abundance, like you buy this, you sell that, you know, you're, everyone's making money. Everyone made money in crypto, except for you and I actually. Really? Yeah. Well, I yeah. don't think everyone except, made no, everyone made did. money except Ex for you. Except for us. Okay. So the promise of Logan Paul's crypto zoo, it was that it was unlike any other, you know, NFT project. This was a game where you could make money. And how it was promoted was there was these eggs that you could buy. Now you buy an egg, you hatch an animal, and then you go into a game where you can actually generate money back from playing with that animal. Now, just to be clear, these are digital eggs. These are digital animals. That's right. Right. This is all an online game. Yes. It's an online game. Now, the first thing that came out about CryptoZoo, like Logan on his podcast Impulsive, as well as across his socials was like, you know, really pushing his, his audience to 
um, believe in this project. The thing that I'm most excited for, and this is the first time I've ever said anything about this. For the last six months, I've been working on my own NFT project that uh, I believe is going to change the game. Once it came out, there was a lot of pushback on this project because the images were slightly altered Adobe stock images. And that was something that Stephen Coffeezilla brought up as well. But what ended up happening was, you know, a ton of people bought eggs. A lot of his audience members bought into this project. They were able to join a discord, which uh, was promised that Logan would be heavily engaged in that. And he then started talking about the biggest crypto project he was going to do. And even in CoffeeZilla's uh, piece where he talks to a lot of audience members who bought into CryptoZoo, everyone thought that was CryptoZoo, but it was not. He had already moved on to the next crypto project, which is called 99 Originals. That was very successful. And this project kind of got left in the dust. Everyone who bought in was not able to actually generate money, which he had said that you could you know, generate income from this game. They were not really even able to play the game. There wasn't anything that happened with it. It was abandoned. And Logan never addressed it. And what CoffeeZilla did was in his three-part series, go into the team, go into kind of the shady behavior of all of this, and also talk to the members of Logan Paul's community who bought into CryptoZoo and lost money or felt like they got scammed because nothing ever came of it. Yeah, and we're talking, you know, people who lost tens of thousands of dollars and then I think upwards of $400,000, right? There's like a montage in the beginning yeah. of each of the episodes yeah, yeah. where uh, some of the, the victims and the, the supporters of the project are listing off how much money they lost. Yeah. And it's significant. So this was one thing that was a little odd about the crypto era as a whole. People always said like, we have a project roadmap, you know? but it was kind of undefined when any of the stuff would actually happen. So there's probably some weird technicality that like, you know, CryptoZoo just kind of said like, eventually the game will come out. Something weird like that. But no matter what, it, it, it's not, you know, it's very odd that Logan never came out and talked about it. Even if, even if everything that, that CoffeeZilla talks about, that there was shady characters involved, there was like crime involved, uh, like, it's very odd that Logan had a discord of some of his top fans who bought into this project. He didn't say like, hey guys, some stuff's going down. We're figuring it out. We'll come back or go out on any of his platforms and address it. And I think, um, you know, this story has kind of gone really big. There's a lot, like CoffeeZilla series has done over 5 million views each episode. Logan Paul responded. Logan just made a impulsive episode. Every streamer in the world reacted to Logan Paul responding to CoffeeZilla. CoffeeZilla responded back to Logan on Twitter. There's a fight about who requested a comment from who. It's just, it's really getting big. And I think a lot of that is, you know, rightfully so that here's a, one of the biggest creators in the world who pump something that was, you know, suggestive that you could make money with it and then abandoned it and never brought it up again. And then has not really taken accountability for that after the fact. But I think this is also a big story because it's Logan Paul who has gone through a very severe, you know, uh, uh, downfall in his career where he did some really bad stuff that, you know, people were very unhappy with him. And he has kind of been on a redemption arc recently. And I think people are, have been waiting for him to do something wrong again. And it's, it's bringing up a lot more stuff with him too. Yeah. You know, for me, at the end of the day, when I watch CoffeeZilla's videos and I watch Logan Paul's response, uh, 
the thing that's surprising to me is that these essentially criminals, con artists, uh, and felons who became a member of Logan Paul's team in this project. Like it's, it's, that's, what's the most surprising to me is that, you know, even though like, like Coffeezilla exposed some of these members of the team, yeah. Logan in his response video was like, yeah, Coffeezilla, you're right. They were on my team, but what you missed was that they're even worse than you thought they were or yeah. that you found, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and here's all the other people that they scammed too. And, uh, Sure, some of the people he worked with, like he mentions one guy, Eddie Ibanez, yeah, scammed the president of the New York Yankees or right, something right, like right. that, yeah. and like and billionaires and things. And Coffeezilla and, ends up talking to a lot of people about Eddie Ibanez in his series. There's also the developer um, who they call Z in the series. Who, yeah, Logan in his response video is like, "What you didn't know about him? His name is Zach Kelling, and he's been in jail multiple times." And you're like, "Is that a proof point for?" you Logan or is that a further proof point that you didn't vet the team members that you were getting involved and exposing to your millions of fans yeah I I think that's the that's the bigger problem here is that you're as big of a celebrity as Logan Paul you have to take accountability for whatever you expose to your fans like you do that's just the the game we're in you know we we play in in a world where if we say something to all of you like we we should be confident in it like we should be confident that that it's going to be uh, a positive outcome or just you know make sure that the people involved aren't aren't bad actors yeah it's a tough one because whether you were deceived as well and i say you being logan paul ultimately at the end of the day you are the one who is accountable for what happens in your digital house yeah now the one thing i will say you know i loved ludwig's reaction I've, I've loved hearing people's conversation because I think what's important is that we as creators need to be hyper vigilant now because we are big. We are influential. There's a, there's a term like influencers for a reason. Like you are influential on other people. I think it should be really, really important for every creator that if they are pushing something to their audience, that they take accountability for it and they fully vet it out. You know, like, the, and, and I get that that's hard in like marketing deals. We talked about this with FTX. Tom Brady, Larry David, are they at fault because they signed, they, they were endorsing FTX? That's really hard for them to vet companies like that. But if you're starting your own project, the most important thing is you surround yourself with, with really good team members and not move so fast. And I think crypto was an era where it was the perfect match of storytelling and influence you know, storytelling and influence. It was, it was a time where it was like, if you can tell the right story with the right amount of influence, you're going to make millions of dollars. And it was a very addictive, probably environment for people who were finding success with it. So the one thing that I think I struggle with, with this story is like, I think what CoffeeZilla is doing is, is positive because it's holding people accountable um, in the space. And hopefully this, the light that has been shown on this situation will get the victims closer to- sure maybe getting their money back or having this situation rectified. What I struggle, well, okay, on that point real quick, I did think it was a little odd at the end of Logan's response video that it said CryptoZoo coming 2023, 2024. And he was like, who are you to say that the development timeline is over? It's like, well, you know. I think like, a lot of this is, is based in uh, legality. Like he didn't apologize, yeah. right? People yeah, like yeah. a lot of people in the comments were like, he right. didn't apologize. He didn't take accountability. I feel like he didn't apologize or take accountability because if you do that, 
you're now on the record and liable for potentially yeah. uh, a lot of, of, of money, right? And like a really difficult situation with a lot of people who could sue you. Right. And if you're on the record saying this was my fault. Yeah. Like he, he's not going to do that. No, it's fair. Yeah, that's a fair point. So not to say that that's right or wrong, yeah, but yeah, that's I, my inkling of sure. what's kind of happening there. The other side though, what I was going to say is what, what I struggle with here is like the financial incentive behind CoffeeZilla and, and how he moves forward. Like, I like that he's doing his research and that he's, you know, trying to find facts and, you know, what, what he's doing and bring these stories forward. But what I struggle with is as he moves forward as a creator, is he incentivized to search for bad actors? I guess so. And I guess that is also his, his, it should be his incentive as a, as a journalist, but the financial component to it, like financially incentivized is, it feels a little odd to me. I don't know if I'm being hypersensitive to that, but I think like, I don't know that I would feel comfortable being financially incentivized by these types of stories. Yeah. Does that make sense? I agree. Like personally, yeah. it's not just a, a YouTube creator like CoffeeZilla. It's a lot of journalism and news. Yeah. It's news, I guess. Like, right. Like, uh, it, like bad news is good for business. Bad news generates more eyeballs. More eyeballs means more advertising dollars. Some news publications are uh, behind a paywall, right? So like the juicier the story, the more people who will sign up. This is, this is what goes through my head. If everyone on the internet stops scamming people, CoffeeZilla might be out of business, <laughs> right? And that's like, those, those are like at odds against each other. I know that's an, that's like an, you know, yeah, a that, crazy That day scenario. will never come, that so day he'll always come, be in business. So he'll always be in business. But yeah, I mean, this is an unfortunate story. You know, I, I think what's good about it is it's bringing forward a conversation. Like I watched another reaction video from Kavos and he said that he brought up Logan Paul's liquid marketplace. Remember that? Yeah. Where's that? And I don't think you have to say everything to everyone, but like people bought into to liquid marketplace. Is that still around? Colin's looking it up. It's uh, an NFT marketplace. Yeah. yeah, it's an NFT marketplace. Okay, it's still around. That's cool. Cohen with Logan Paul. Great. Um, okay, that's still around. My bad. But like the crypto zoo thing, I think it's like you can't just shill out projects, get your community to get involved in them or buy into them and then just abandon them. I don't think that's, that shouldn't be an okay practice in our industry. And I think overall, this is netting out in positive conversation and positive accountability. And I also hope that CoffeeZilla is always held accountable to tell the truth, include facts and uh, do everything, you know, like legally. And I bring that up because like he has a conversation with Jeff uh, Levin, who's Logan Paul's manager in his series that I hope that that was, you know, that, that, that falls into the legal form of journalism of being able to record someone's phone call or ask them for permission or tell them it's on the record, you know, something or the other. Like I, I hope he also upholds like journalistic standards and what he's doing. Now to the actual question. Oh, hey, right, right, right. The question started this, uh, it had to do with, you know, when something like this happens to a creator like Logan Paul, what happens to some of their brands? And the example that was given was Prime. You know, will Prime and all of the people who work for Prime are connected with Prime, KSI, will they now take a hit off of what happened with Logan? And what do you, and what do, you do when something like that happens? It's possible. It's very possible. You know, I think in the, in the example that you bring up with Jeffree Star Cosmetics versus Prime, there's a very important distinction one is the creator's name, Jeffree Star Cosmetics. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the name of the brand? That I don't know. That I don't know. Okay. But I think there's a, there's a, there's a reasonable like buffer when you have a different, yeah, that is yes, the name. Yes, that is the name. So Jeffree Star Cosmetics 
versus Prime, right? One includes the creator's name, one doesn't. I think there's a there's a decent enough buffer if I'm a business partner in Prime uh, that like people who maybe barely know who that Logan Paul's are involved are are going to buy Prime and you know whatever. But Prime does sponsor Arsenal, the football club. Right, that's true. So, oh, so is there a hit there? Is there yeah. a, is there a potentially? Was it in the contract that uh, oh, for if sure. KSI or Logan did something for sure. that would make Arsenal look bad? For sure. They could rip up the contract and look for a new uh, sponsor and keep the money or sue for damages. Absolutely. Like that is a reality. Uh, that's, a real, that's a real thing. Yeah. That's and that real. would be a major hit. That would be, if, the, if this impacted any of those partnerships, if they impacted their Walmart partnership, yeah, uh, that's huge. It, it's a good question. I don't know the answer to it, but I would say that this is the risk of creator brands. It's also the risk of celebrity endorsed brands, but creator led brands like this is the risk, like with what Jimmy's doing, Mr. Beast, with what he's doing with Feastables and Mr. Beast Burger, like all of those partners are relying on the fact that Jimmy will continue to be a good faith actor. Like they are relying on that. If Jimmy does something wrong, bad gets canceled. Like, yeah, those, those brands are kind of done and not done, done, but like they'll take a hit. I mean, let's just take an example of an unpopular guy right now, which is Elon Musk. Tesla was the worst stock this year, right? The worst worst, stock? worst performing stock. Really? Yeah. I mean, I know it was doing poorly, but. So, I mean, okay, it, it, worst, you should look this up, but I think it's one of the worst performing stocks this year. And like that is because it's tied to a personnel public figure. And I think that like the way people feel about a public figure is going to impact how they transact with that public figure's thing, right? Their product. So the short answer to this is like, what happens to a creator's brand probably takes a hit, right? Mm -hmm. The positive thing that they have going for them is that KSI is also involved and he has like such positive sentiment in, in the community. Do you think this is like a really big hit for Logan or do you think, cause like Logan's also come back from some pretty big, like a, a, the arguably a, a, a hit that I thought he could not come back from. I did not think the world would reasonably accept Logan Paul after the suicide forest. Here's the thing. After, after the suicide forest, he didn't really have an outlet. Like because of the way that he made YouTube videos, he went silent. Right. Right now, sure. since he's built up impulsive with people who want to be there with him every week and have built that into their routine, a loose, long conversation version of Logan Paul, you know, he released another episode. What was it today? Yeah. You know, that's long form. And people are watching it. Yeah, and on like, his Instagram. There's no gap of like, he's disappeared. I mean, one thing we forget is the day he posted his reply to this CoffeeZilla thing, he also launched energy drinks with Prime. Yeah, and he's posting about those daily too. Yeah, like, yeah. So I think you're right. He has, he has a way to just now be able to like carry on his other narratives. But I, I do think this one will, will have like, more severe impacts. But I think that, uh, what's important is that he really looks at what he's doing and he's like, all right, I'm not above all of this. Like I have to, I have to lean in and be like, when you're an internet character, I do think there's a different level of accountability that your audience is going to hold you to and that the internet's going to hold you to than if you're an actor. Yeah. Also an example, Jimmy Fallon and Justin Bieber. Yeah. Weren't they both part of a lawsuit recently? Yeah. That with board with board ape yeah. clubs. Yep. Board, yep, board, yep. Ape, say? <laughs> board Ape Yacht Club. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There but like is. no one's going to go after them. Well, culturally. Yeah, culturally. There's, there's not this outpour like there is in our YouTube community about Logan Paul right now. Yeah. And of course, Jimmy Fallon and Justin Bieber are far bigger celebrities. Yeah. But there's no, 
uh, town square mm-hmm. that wants to go in the same way that is also, we have a lot more information Yeah, and Logan Paul, like CryptoZoo is his thing. Yep. Different. Wow. It's really raining here it in LA. It's pouring. What wow. is the deal? I got a gripe with that. Yeah. I oh, are we doing gripes real quick? Uh, well, might okay. as well. First gripe, Th- rain a- in LA. I didn't move here for this. No, that's true. That's true. LA is changing. Mm-hmm. I think the question we should do is, is from Hayden Hillier-Smith and the editing podcast. All right. Here's the question. We need Colin and Samir's ins and outs for 2023. So what's in and what's out? Okay. Before we get there, a holiday gripe. So Christmas, great time of year. Arguably the most wonderful time of the year. I thought your gripe was about to be with Christmas. Not at all. I love Christmas. I have a gripe with anyone. Energy out of here. I have a gripe with anyone who doesn't like Christmas. Did I already share this with you? How am I going to know until you tell me the gripe? About the Christmas gift my dad gave me? Mm. No. Okay. No. So quick gripe. Okay. Now, I love my dad. My dad gives me very thoughtful gifts. Just on the record, Samir loves his dad. I love my dad. So we know. Great guy. Um, my dad gives me a piece of art for Christmas. Now, what he says is he's like, this piece of art I bought because when you walk into your house and you look left, there's nothing on that wall. So I bought this. The dimensions are perfect. It fits on that wall. Do you like the art? So now, what do I do? Yeah. Do I put a nail up and yeah. put this piece of art up every time he comes over and then take it down when he's not there? Oh, boy. What do you do in this scenario? You, this is, you, a, this you, is, you see what I'm you saying? You either have a hard conversation or you put it on the wall. So I put a nail on the wall and I'm going to put it up every time he comes over. <laughs> yeah, That's my solution. I mean, do what you got to do. That's the only solution I can think of. Look, I have a gift gripe too. Okay. Went home to New Jersey, had a great holiday. Okay. Received a lot of stuff yeah. as one does, which is nice on the uh-huh. holidays. But I don't have enough luggage space for all of this new stuff mm. that I've got. Mm. So now I have to go to the post office. And ship it home. And ship it home before I leave. And, you know, I went to, U- I went to USPS. Yeah. And there was liquid in one of the boxes. And that, they couldn't ship liquid. What so kind I had, of liquid was it? It was uh, like someone bought, me, bought us an alcohol. In alcohol? Did you just hear yourself? I, I don't know, man. This is why we get roasted on the internet, <laughs> man. Somebody bought me an alcohol. Do you think that doing alcohol is cool? It was a bottle of tequila. <laughs> All right. You could have just said it, man. I don't know. could have just said it. I get strange. Why are you calling it an alcohol? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> an alcoholic beverage, okay? Okay. Don't ask questions. All right. I couldn't ship it there, so I had to go to FedEx. You want to know how much it cost me to ship gifts? $120. Yes. Yeah. And I can't believe you guessed that exactly. But yes. $120. <laughs> yeah. Guessing game sucks. It I get sucks. it. Yeah, I get it. It's I not fun when game. I, when it's not I fun because you know yeah. the answer. I didn't know the answer. I mean, I just guessed well, based on somehow you knew the answer market rates for shipping $120. <laughs> it's just the burden. I'm get you like, it's that. all fine. It's yeah. all great. It's yeah. all lovely. Right. But I'm just the burden of being loved. The burden of being loved. Yeah. No, that's, that's what this episode's about. Yeah. <laughs> Man. You know what? I'm realizing something. Yeah. I could have paid for another bag. Absolutely. You could have. You're a Delta platinum medallion member. You don't even have to pay for another bag. Yeah. Okay. You get well, three free checked bags. So this gripe is with me then. This gripe I went is to the, with I went you. to the postal service and I yeah. paid probably far more than, than all of these gifts were worth. Huge mistake. To you, ship them back to LA. Dude, why do we have so many miles on Delta, Colin? Uh, so that you get these perks. Wow. That's a, that's a, you just griped yourself. I just griped myself. You just got griped. First time in show history 
One of us just got griped. All right. So ins and outs for 2023. What's in, what's out? Beards. Completely out. It's not true. Those they've are, been in for far too long. You know they've had a moment. Yeah, yeah but they've been t- they're timeless. No. Timeless. Their time is up. No, it's timeless. Okay, here's what I think is going to be in. Number one, the hybrid creator. What that means is the creators who make a mix of short form and long form content. And we just had a creator in here named Caleb Simpson. He's the NYC apartment guy, the guy who goes, excuse me, can I ask you a question? How much money do you pay for rent? So you guys will actually hear him on the show um, soon, very soon, uh, and, and get his you know, kind of high level strategy about shorts and long form. But the guy does like 150 million views a month on shorts. And he's able to translate that directly into long form content. Whereas he has, he's a YouTube long form video that has t- over 10 million views. So this world of like the hybrid creator, the creator who can make short form and long form content is going to be extremely in. And I would tag onto that a little bit of probably live the creator who can make shorts, long form, and live content. I think what's going to be in in 2023, specifically on YouTube, podcasts. Big time. There's been rumblings of podcasts on YouTube for a long time. And I think this is the year that they make major changes. I'm talking paying for exclusive podcasts. Oh, wow. Crazy. I mean, video podcasts are on YouTube. And essentially, like when you hear podcasts or when I hear it, I think video at this point. Yeah. It's like they're almost becoming one and the same. And I I yeah. don't know if uh, Spotify can create a culture of video consumption. I don't know. That'll be hard to, that, it'll be interesting to see. I think the video podcast is going to be extremely in. I agree that it's going to be on YouTube. I mean, Emma Chamberlain's going to do her video podcast on Spotify. It'll be really interesting to see how that goes. To me, it's one of the biggest misses for YouTube. Yeah. Is to not have Emma's podcast exclusive to YouTube, to not have Alex Cooper's podcast exclusive to YouTube. Yeah. These are YouTube grown personalities. Yeah. That, you know, some people don't talk about Emma Chamberlain the way they used to in terms of her being like a YouTube creator, a YouTube personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, and that's a loss for YouTube that like some of these homegrown uh, talents. But I think even for, now we're on a different subject, but I think even for Emma, like having a Spotify original potentially is more prestigious. Prestigious audi- or prestigious? In the audio, I'm going to move on from that because okay. I don't know. In the audio space, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It is more pres- prestigious. Yeah. yeah. It's more prestigious. Yeah. Yeah. Prestigious. <laughs> um, yes, it, it is because of like what Spotify has built. Yeah. But I think this is the year that, I'm not saying this is the year that YouTube like er, gets that back in the audio space, sure. but I think it's the year that they make major moves mm-hmm. towards trying to gain that back. And that comes down to like paying for exclusive shows on YouTube. Yeah. I think in line with this concept of like that being in, like video podcasting being in, we will see a rise of raw content. And I think like Ryan Trahan's Penny series was at the forefront of this, where it was so refreshing to see a YouTube video or a series of YouTube videos shot with an iPhone that were just like so raw and real and thumbnails that weren't overtly edited and all of this stuff that I think is, you know, you see even Eric started a second channel that all of his stuff is shot on his phone. I think video podcasting falls in line with that where I just want to watch what really happened in that room. I want to see that concept unfold for real, not like hyper edited with crazy graphics and crazy text. Like I just want to see it happen. 
I think in line with that, like we'll see probably a little bit of vlogging. We'll see some video podcasting, probably see some live content, just more real authentic video. Yeah. And I think with that, something that will be out will be the sensational thumbnails. Yeah. Where the smooth effect is applied to the skin eight times (laughs) over. The hyper real. The hyper real feeling. Here's my perspective. I don't think that's out. I think that will still be in because the, the young audience on YouTube wants to wants to click on that. You mean the youngest kids? The youngest audience yeah. wants to click on that. I don't think it'll be out. I think it will be so saturated that it'll be hard to tell one from the other. And from a business opportunity perspective, like it'll be hard to to really pull apart from the pack. And this is something that that Eric said to me on the phone. He called this group of creators the homogenous creators. I thought it was a really interesting term that it's kind of all muddled together in this challenge-based genre of like I survived X for X hours or I did X hundred things. And like, you can envision those thumbnails and take that's a, a popular thumbnail and replace the face it's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem because it's like, it's too homogenous. So I agree. I think that'll be out. What else do you think will be out? What else do I think will be out? Adobe premiere. You think DaVinci resolve oh, is, is coming? Is this the year? Is this the year that DaVinci resolve comes for Adobe premiere? I'll tell you what, like I'm open uh, to, to hearing. Yeah. As if I were like a free agent right now. Sure. I'm open to, to other companies. Niche editing stuff. Yeah. Um, TikTok, in or out? In. In. There's no in, doubt. It's in. in. I think TikTokers, out. Interesting. I think, I think the premise of being a TikToker is out. I think you use TikTok as one of your platforms, but I think, I think being a YouTuber is going to be very in. I think all the short form creators who built on other platforms are realizing they need to become YouTubers, not TikTokers, not Instagram reelers. I think both terms are out. TikToker, YouTuber. I don't think anyone necessarily always wants to be defined by one platform or one thing, mm. right? Even though like sometimes we'll tell people we are YouTubers. Yeah. That's not all that we are. And I think especially yeah, younger, we're, gen- younger generations we're young who are men. coming up, like, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right, no, like, right? no, yeah, okay. Yeah, it, no, you're right. You know, you understand what I'm saying. I, uh, I'm right? catching your wave. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if anyone, I, I think everyone wants the freedom uh, from a monetization standpoint and from like an identity standpoint that being a TikToker mm. or being a YouTuber gives you. Yeah. But I don't know if anyone wants to be fully labeled by that. The term creator, is that in or out in 2023? I actually think it's in. Mm, interesting. I, you don't feel that way, right? Um, I'm, I'm leading the charge to, to remove it with my athlete bit that if you're coming to my CES talk, you'll absolutely hear me do. Question. Can I find it on your LinkedIn? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, absolutely. You can. Yeah. So I'll just stop there. So you guys can cool. go look at my LinkedIn. I would understand. I mean, I was a person who said that the term creator was going to go away. Yeah. I think I stole that from you. You stole that from me. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, co-property here, man. Anything you say. Of course. Anything yeah. you say is mine. Anything I say is yours and it's, it's fine. We're married. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't sign a prenup. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think I I was of that persuasion (laughs) at one point that the word creator was going away and that it would be a good thing, but I'm not sure right now what to replace it with. I think we need it for the time being. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I also heard LeBron James uh, refer to Donald Glover and Quinta Brunson as creators on his show, The Shop. And to hear LeBron say it made me think this word is here to stay. If he is using that word to identify anyone who's creative, whether they have social media roots or not, I mean, both of those creators do, sure. but like they were talking in the context of 
more traditional entertainment. Yeah. And he called them creators. And mm-hmm. then he would speak to other people who were on the show and call them athletes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe this word is here. Yeah, if, maybe if it's LeBron here. has adopted it. Okay. I, basically, I just go, I just follow LeBron and whatever he does, then, then it's fact. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to hear your guys' ins and outs. Like, I, I'm really curious to hear, like, do you, do you think, do you agree with us that second channels and more raw content is in? Do you agree with us that this kind of like hyper real challenge-based creator potentially is out? Um, I'm really curious to hear. All right, should we do one more question? One more question. This one comes from Twitter. From Zenkai Goose, will the Creator Support Podcast be posted as video on the channel in 2023 or on a new channel? Yeah, uh, it's a deep breath out because this is a this is a long, constant conversation internally here at Colin and Smear. Do we film these audio only episodes? And if we do film them, do we put them out on YouTube? And if we put them on YouTube, do we put them on the main channel? Do we start a new channel? So I think naturally, like if you guys are a fan of our, ours and you watch our main channel and you watch the Mr. Beast doc and you watch our Mark Rober interview, like you will absolutely feel that there is a like stark difference in the quality or, or not necessarily quality, but the, in, I don't know, what's the term to define like the difference between, I guess like the, the tightness, like we do intense graphics, we're editing the story. And that means that it takes us a really long time to edit what goes on the main channel. The beautiful thing about this show is we're recording it and within 24 hours, it's out to all of you guys. And so there's a looseness to the show and audio allows us to do that. When we bring it to YouTube, our challenge is if it goes on the main channel, I think our own expectation of what goes on the main channel is it's really elevated. It's high. It has a high expectation. And it's made for someone who may be coming across us for the first time. Right. And in that case, we want to be super intentional about what happens in the first 30 seconds, in the first yeah. five minutes, in the first 30 minutes. Like, it's almost like our, our, it's our community, but it's also our billboard. Yeah. And with this audio only version, it's just completely community. And of course it is educational, but it really is about the connection between everyone listening and, and you and I. May I share a Colin and Samirism? Please. Depth versus width. Colin. Hit me. So I think our main channel is built for width. We are trying to attract the largest possible audience with our content. And I think we have an opportunity to have a second channel with creator support to focus on depth, to focus on a smaller group of of people who want to engage with us, who want to ask questions, who want to hear our opinion on a week-to-week basis. That's the deep end of the pool. The deep end of the pool. The main channel is the shallow end with swimmies on. No, no, the main channel is the whole pool. It's the width of the pool. It's the surface of the pool. It's the length of the pool. Uh, okay. It's the length of the pool. It's an Olympic pool. The okay. main channel is all the surface area. Is there a diving board? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I you, think everyone you guys, understands. You guys understand what I'm saying. Um, it is, okay, those two things are top of mind for us, like community-supported content with Patreon, as well as a second channel with creator support. We've covered a lot on this episode, Colin. A mega episode for the first episode of the year. If you made it to the end of this episode... Let us know on Twitter. Yeah, just let us know. Just say like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the pod squad. Like I'm with you. Like I'm with it. I'm in the deep end. I'm in the deep end. Just tell us you're in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, we'll see you next week. Right.